morning. Hear the word of the Lord uh, from Galatians chapter 6. I'll be reading from verses 11 through 18. You may follow along in your bulletin on page 6. See what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand. Those who want to impress people by means of the flesh are trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Not even those who are circumcised keep the law, yet they want you to be circumcised that they may boast about your circumcision in the flesh. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. Peace and mercy to all who follow this rule and to the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers and sisters. Amen. All right. It's been a full service already, and in so many ways we could probably close up shop and already be full of plenty of blessings and lessons that we've experienced together. Uh, But let's hear from God's Word together as we finish up this series, this study in the book of Galatians together. Last one. Here we go. Let's say a word of prayer. Let's pray together. God, we give ourselves to you knowing that we need your help to hear, to apply, to learn, to change. We need your Spirit. So please give him to us. Show us Jesus. Work not only in our minds, but also our hearts. Not only our hearts, but also our hands. Pour out yourself upon all of us. For Jesus' sake now. In his name we pray. Amen. Sometimes it's hard to tell the difference between the real thing and the fake thing. We've talked about this before. Similar illustration starting off this series Hard to tell the difference between the real thing and a fake thing. Like with those recorded announcements and special offers you hear on the phone, those automated recordings that you get, or maybe that's left on your voice messages. You know what it sounds like? Congratulations. You have just won a free trip to the Bahamas for you and one other guest. All you have to do is call the following number and claim your prize for free. You ever get one of those? I, I get those all the time. Is it me? Is someone selling my phone number? I don't know. All the time. And you sit there wondering for a few seconds, is this real? Is this fake? Do I call the number? And for a split second, you just kind of can't help yourself. You're already drifting off and dreaming, you know, already on the beach, childless, <laughs> you know, careless, city fire truck sirenless, you know, and eventually, of course, you return to reality, you delete the message, hang up, 
But not before you jot down that number, you know, just in case you're telling yourself. And this is why the letter of Galatians was written, you know, because sometimes it's hard to tell the difference between the real thing and the fake thing because they can look and sound just about the same. Not just with a trip to the Bahamas over the phone, but also with the offer of salvation and life and hope. You see, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Galatia because somebody tried to sell them a fake trip to the Bahamas. False teachers came in and started preaching to them that there was a lot that was great about Jesus, but there was also a lot that they needed to get busy and do to be right with Jesus. You see in verse 12 here, the Apostle summing up Sort of what was going on in the church. Those who want to impress people by means of the flesh are trying to compel you to be circumcised. Circumcision, this ceremonial removal of the male foreskin, which of course represented to these false teachers the requirement that there was much that you needed to do to earn love and acceptance. There was a lot that was on you to have to perform, whether religious duties or moral duties or just being good, doing right, to earn love and acceptance from God, from other people, from yourself. And so the question is posed, well, how do we start and then maintain a relationship with God? The answer these false teachers were giving was, by your performance. Work harder, do better. Paul then writes this letter to clarify what he calls the gospel. Good news. To correct and clarify that the real thing, not the fake thing, the good news of salvation is simply this. Faith in Jesus and nothing else. That the good news of salvation is embracing Jesus, putting your trust and your confidence in Jesus and nothing more because Jesus did everything needed to make us right with God. That you're saved not by your performance, but rather by Jesus' performance in your place. You're saved by grace By a gift, this great word we see in verse 18, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor freely given to you. And all you need to do is open your arms and say, that's just what I needed. Thank you. There are many ways in which Paul has argued his case all throughout this letter. We've been looking at it very carefully for the past couple of months. And now we've come to the end of the letter and he's starting to sum up his case. We see in the first verse of today's passage, verse 11, where Paul says, See what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand. Well, apparently up to this point, Paul had been dictating to some sort of a scribe, someone that was writing down Paul's words. Here at this point, Paul takes up the pen himself 
and writes the final words in this letter and signs it with his own handwriting. He says, see what large letters I'm writing with. It was either because he had bad eyesight, that's one theory, or maybe he was writing really big and bold to emphasize his final point, which was simply this summary answer to this big question, this great question. How does one get right with God? How does one have a relationship with God? And Paul says, let me sum it up for you, basically in one phrase, boast in the cross. Verse 14, may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. How does one get right with God? Boast in the cross. How does one find true spiritual freedom? Boast in the cross. How does one find power to love? Boast in the cross. But what does that mean? What does that mean? That's what we're going to look at briefly. First, what does it mean to boast in the cross? And then secondly, what are some practical signs that you indeed are doing just that? Boasting in the cross. All right? Boasting in the cross. What does that mean? mean. Paul uses this word boasting in or to boast in a word that's actually kind of hard to translate in English. Some translations say rejoice in, others say glory in, but we use this language of boasting and let's just go with that and tease it out. Instead of giving you a flat definition of what Paul means, let me just give you some questions that might help us figure out what our true boast in life really is. You see, when people boast, you can't get them to shut up, right? Keep on talking about whatever it is that they're boasting in. Here's the question. What can you not stop talking about? If I put a voice recorder up to your mouth and followed you around for a week, and then later on we analyzed the data, counted the words and phrases and the themes that came out of your mouth, what would be found? What can you not stop talking about? What would we hear? See, your boast is your personal obsession. Second question, what makes you jump up and down happy? So not just easy and cool happy. What makes you want to leap up, clap your hands, raise your hands, smile so big that you can't contain yourself? Picture yourself doing that. Maybe even right now. I know it looks different for different people. For some of you, just a little grin, that's a big deal. You know, for others of you... What I just described, jumping up and clapping your hands and going nuts and twirling around and all that, that's a normal thing for you. But picture yourself and answer that question. What makes you jump up and down happy? See, your boast is your greatest joy. The greatest joy in your life. Third question, what are you most proud of? What are you most proud of? Something in your life, something about who you are or what you have done. You know, the thing that you point to 
and say in your life, this is what makes me, me. This is what best represents me. This is what gives me swagger. This is what makes me puff out my chest and say, this is what gives me confidence to stand before the world. What makes me important. What makes me beautiful. What makes me lovable. Your boast is your source of glory. How would you answer these questions, dear friends? But let me back up just a little bit here and give you a tip, because sometimes you can tell the answer to these questions not just by answering it directly, because sometimes we give answers that might not really be true to our hearts or our actual lives. Sometimes the best way you can tell what the true answer to these questions are is when you feel backed into a corner, when you feel most weak. Just ask Reese. Witherspoon. If you heard of the news this past week, wonderful Hollywood star, legally blonde, walk the line. You hear about this. She and her husband pulled over in Georgia by a Georgia state trooper. Apparently, husband was swerving a little bit around and pulled over to for a DUI after having perhaps a few too many drinks. And of course, Reese, Miss Witherspoon, Uh, comes over to his defense and starts getting a little animated with the police officer. And what does she say? And maybe it's something we would all say. See, I'm not dogging her. This is in all of our hearts. She says, do you know my name? She says, you're about to find out who I am. You're going to be on the national news. I mean, the irony, right? Do you know my name? Do you know who I am? Of course, all this resulted in jail. (laughs) The charge of disorderly conduct. But it's telling. I mean, maybe you don't have to be pulled over by a cop. Maybe you don't have to have had a few too many drinks. But when someone insults you, or when someone cuts your legs from underneath you, Or when you fail at something, especially at something that you feel like you're good at. Or when you're worried or scared. Where do you go in your heart to tell you you're okay? What do you point at and say, that's what makes me who I am? Do you know my name? Don't you know who I am? This is our boast And Paul's point is that you only have two options. The standard option, which is the normal way all human beings operate in relation to God themselves and other people, which is boasting in ourselves. I am the source of my swagger. I am the reason for my pride. I am my own greatest accomplishment. I am my greatest joy. And then there's another option that Paul puts before us. The cross of Jesus. The cross of Jesus. See, either I can boast in me the things I do or have done, or I can boast in the cross the things that Jesus has done for me. That is the choice before us. And the cross of Jesus, of course, refers to the torture and the execution of the Son of God. 
This is a story of God himself living and coming as a real human being in order to serve as real replacements, real substitutes for human beings before the justice of God. Jesus, who lived the life that we should have lived but would not and could not live, a life of perfect love, a life of perfect justice, and who then earned us a perfect acceptance from God. He suffered hell and death that we should have suffered because of our sin, and thereby, therefore, He earned our total forgiveness. See, the cross stands for a lot of things. The cross stands for our forgiveness through what Jesus has done for us. The cross stands for the perfect demonstration of God's love for us, standing in our place, making us right with Him, giving us fullness of life, what the Bible calls eternal life, which is life in relationship with the one who made us, the one who designed us, and the one who did not stand far off and tell us to give it our best shot, knowing that we would fail in coming to Him, but rather who spanned the gap Himself, did everything He possibly could to draw us into relationship with Him. Not waiting for us, but in love, taking the initiative, giving Himself in His Son, tearing Him to shred with the suffering of hell in our place so that we might be forgiven and free. This is the cross of Christ. And this is what Paul says ought to be our boast. Do you boast in the cross of Christ? And see, this language is so helpful. Before we move on to the practical stuff, the language is just so helpful. Because this idea of boasting in the cross, it shows us that being a Christian isn't just about going to church or doing the right thing. A Christian is a person who has a new boast. A Christian is a person whose new boast is in the cross of Jesus, what He has done for them to make them right with God. This language shows us that to become a Christian then means to stop boasting in yourself and rather to start boasting in the cross of Jesus. It tells us that it takes more than just believing the right things. Rather, this idea of boasting, it's something that moves you to the core, right? It's something that's deep down here in your gut. It's something that, sure, it includes content and beliefs and knowledge about who God is and who Jesus is and who we are, but it's more than that. It's what we rejoice in. It's what we take pride in. It's what we leap for joy in. Some of us who are professing Christians know a lot about the cross, but rarely, if ever, boast in the cross. Is that you? This language of boasting in the cross is helpful because it means the way to grow in the Christian life is to boast in the cross. To make Jesus your everything. To saturate your prayers, not just with your needs, but with joy in all that God has done for you. 
to fill your minds and your thoughts. Sure, there's a lot to think about in everyday life, but to always have interweaved in there the cross of Christ, the way you have found life, meaning, purpose, hope, confidence, forgiveness. The language is so helpful because it helps us and reminds us to ponder our sin and our salvation until it makes you jump up and down happy. Have you done that recently? To be so enthralled with the cross of Jesus that it's the thing that you think most about, the thing that you talk most about to yourself and to other people. Shall we, friends, learn to boast in the cross? And how do you know that you're doing that? Can we run through a few practical things, signs that you're seeing that in your life? What does Paul tell you? Number one, he says one sign is freedom. There's more freedom in your life. See, in verse 14, he says, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. It's been killed. It's been slaughtered. Something that's dead has no power over you. So what Paul is saying is that if the cross of Christ is your boast, then I'm no longer controlled by my circumstances. Whether I have a job or lose a job, it stinks to lose your job, but it doesn't define me to have one. Or whether I'm in a relationship or not whether I have financial struggles or not, whether I have my health or not. These are all real things, and it doesn't mean that you don't have bad days and that God doesn't care about your bad days. But what it means is if your cross of Christ is your boast, you're no longer controlled by these things. I'm not controlled by my circumstances. I'm not controlled by my sinful, self-centered desires. You can say no. To your selfish heart. You have power to say no. Dear Christians, do you know that? Do you live that way? You're not controlled even by the world's values. Definitions of what makes you valuable. About whether you're of this sort of earning income level or that. Whether you work out of the home or in the home whether you make lots of money or you make no money at all, whether you know this person or know that person, whether your family's put together, whether you're put together or not, all these things, Paul says, one way you know that you're boasting in the cross is that you're able to look at them and say with joy and with faith, I'm not a slave. I'm not a slave to my circumstances. I'm not a slave to my sin. I'm not a slave to the world's values. I'm free. Don't you want that kind of a life? I do. Boast in the cross. Freedom, number two, love. We've been talking a lot about love. Paul has a lot to say about love. He said in the last chapter, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. That the great fruit of all this faith and trusting in Christ that we've been talking about, this boasting in Christ ought to be love, the fruit of the Spirit, the change of our character, bearing one another's burdens. But here Paul says something a little bit more specific. 
In the second half of verse 14, he talks about these false teachers saying that they want you to be circumcised, that they may boast about your circumcision in the flesh. In other words, these false teachers are teaching you and spending time with you and trying to persuade you of their system of belief. Why? So that they can look good. So that they can seem impressive as teachers and religious leaders. And Paul says there's another way. When you boast in the cross, you can actually stop using people as a reason to boast. If we think about honestly all the different ways in which we use people to get ahead in life. Or we use people to feel more secure about ourselves. Or we use people, surrounding ourselves with people, really to feel more loved. And so you can be freed then here from a bad relationship. A bad relationship that you know is not good for you, but you're hanging on to just because it makes you feel desirable or secure or beautiful. Or maybe in your career process or journey where you're spending time with people, maybe even sharing meals with them and you're listening to them and you don't really care about them. What you care about is what you get from them. What you get from knowing them. Boasting in the cross gives us a new security, a new center and core to who we are. That I'm okay, I'm loved, I'm accepted, I'm righteous in the sight of God. I'm full of glory and radiance before God and before the mirror that I'm looking at. And so I don't need to use people anymore to get those things. And maybe for once I can actually listen to that person just to listen to them, just to love them, just to weep with them, just to serve them. Boasting in the cross makes it a joy to serve another person. Freedom, love, and thirdly, opposition. I'm going to close with this one for the sake of time. Opposition. Hello. One sign that you are boasting in the cross is that every now and then in your relationships, you bump into trouble. Second half of verse 12 says, the only reason these false teachers do this preaching circumcision, is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Paul says, by contrast, in verse 17, I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. Paul is probably referring to literal literal scars that he had physically on his body from the torture and the imprisonments and the beatings that he had received because of his commitment to Jesus. Even this word marks that he used here, the marks of Jesus, is a word that used to refer to religious tattoos or sometimes the branding of a slave. In other words, he's saying this is a visible sign that you belong to Jesus. Sometimes people oppose you. And I'm not talking about the sort of religious martyrdom or persecution complex that a lot of Christians can take on to themselves. But this is what Paul means. That the cross is the greatest news in the world, but it's also the most humbling news in the world, isn't it? 
Because every other religion and every other approach to God tells you, yes, you can do it. You are very good. And you, in fact, are very impressive to God. And here's the good news of the cross. It demands that you admit that you are utterly helpless. That you are too weak, too sinful to contribute to your salvation. And that, dear friends, is incredibly offensive and insulting to the human heart. And maybe that's why some of you today are resisting the cross of Jesus. As it's been said, to really find God in the gospel, all you need is neediness, and most people don't want that. All that's required is to bring nothing, and most people don't want to have that. Because the hardest thing to give up is being my own rescuer. The hardest thing to give up is the hope that I just might be able to save myself and impress my God into saving me. The gospel is attractive, dear friends, but it won't always make you popular. Yes, you're called to be loving and attractive and deeply humble in the way that you carry yourself and communicate the story of the grace of God. In fact, the only reason why you can be this way, humble and attractive, is because the cross has called you out too. It's humbled you. And you've encountered your own helplessness, and you've encountered the untold generosity of God in Jesus, His grace poured out into your life. But even when you do it well, it won't always make you popular. Look, if you're always offending people, you're probably just being obnoxious or self-righteous or proud. But if you're never offending people, even when you're doing everything right, even when you're communicating with the humility of tears streaming down your face, Sometimes you still might offend people. If you're never offending people, if you're never seen as a little weird for what you believe in the cross of Christ, you may not, in fact, be boasting in the cross. And here's the challenge to boast, to rejoice, to find pride, the right kind, in all that Jesus has done for us. To find your greatest joy in the center of who you are and all that God has offered to you. Dear friends, is today that day of salvation for you? Is today the day for you to stop boasting in yourself and the greatest step of faith to boast now in what Jesus has been and who Jesus has been for you in the gospel? And for those who have been walking for a long time with Jesus, would you open your heart again? Resoften your heart again, deep down to the core of who you are, and find a new boast, a new joy, a heart that says, in Christ alone, my hope is found. In Christ alone, my joy is found. In Christ alone, my life is found. 
This is the offer to you, to all of us. Will you take it? Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for giving us grace to boast in the cross. We need your help to do it, though. Help us and change our lives that we might see these different signs, fruit of true boasting in Jesus. Please do it to the glory of your name. In that name, we pray with hope. Amen. Let's stand together. Let's sing in Christ alone. Let's sing this reality into our hearts. Is anybody ready to boast in Christ?